What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, a Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow our social pages on Twitter and Facebook for the latest updates. Uh, this week, as I teased a couple times on the podcast earlier this week, uh, Eric Bellier uh, joins us for Guest Friday, doing a little preview of the uh upcoming baseball season uh eric what's up buddy it's like our quarterly meeting you and i it's yeah. like i feel like we do this four times a year but i'm doing yeah. good man. how are you doing i'm good i'm good i'm looking forward to uh, a new season of baseball you know i think maybe not necessarily my like number one sport but i think you know it's always a time of year that i look forward to because it's just a a hopeful time for anyone who's a baseball fan I mean, you're listening. Everybody's going to be listening to this on Friday, obviously. But yesterday, in Friday terms, should be a national holiday. I mean, nobody yeah. should work. I should be able to sit on my couch at four o'clock and watch the Mets and Marlins. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, yeah, it's not not a national holiday, unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, I said earlier this week that it's like even if you know your team's not going to be very good, it's still a exciting, exciting day. You know, and you and I are going to talk about it too, but like that's why the WBC is so fun mm. is because like I hate the Phillies. So obviously I don't like Trey Turner <laughs> and, yeah. and, and jumping off the couch when he hit the grand slam in the, what was it? The semifinal game. Yeah. It's, 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 it. it's yeah. you, you don't realize how much you miss it mm. and being the, baseball nutcase that i am it's i'm excited to have baseball back more than anything i can't stay away from yeah 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 you know i think that the world baseball classic every year that it happens it's always a a fun kind of cool event but this year it seemed like it was way more kind of over the top guys were way way into it and i think you know you had a lot of great moments of guys that are going to be you know, hopefully big stars this season um, in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, and you also have the, you know, th- I think this year was the deepest each team has been in a very long time mm-hmm. because, like, look at the, look at the USA's lineup. Yeah. I mean, they lacked in the pitching department, but offensively they were basically a, a, a an MLB the Show team with the with the salary cap turned off. Yeah. Like it just could be enforced trades on. Like the who's who of, of big leaguers are playing. And mm-hmm. you know, it's fun. But now now they got back and and opening day when at the time this recording is less than 24 hours away. So yeah. So um before we get into like team specific stuff, any like overall thoughts on the season? Anything that you're like looking forward to? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing is the are the rule changes, um, or the or the specifically the bases and the the pitch clock. Um, I have buddies of mine that that are playing in the minor leagues now, and a couple with the, one with the Angels, couple one with the Mets, a uh, couple with the Padres, and one with the Rockies, and they've all played in it before, so they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they it's something they're used to, but it's it's guys that are. You know, the, the guys that are bona fide big leaguers that have not really have had to deal with it over time mm-hmm. that are having the issue adjusting, whether it's on the mound or getting in the box at the right time and 
right. and all that. I think there's got to be leniency towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Max Scherzer kind of hit it best is like, when is it determined that there's, that it's, you know, whenever that infraction is called, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing I'm looking at because, you know, you want to speed up a game. And if you look at the spring training times, they've done a great job doing that. But at what cost to the product, I think is the biggest question. Um, and the rules that are bouncing off that, like how many times you could step off, how many times you could throw over. I think it takes what, you know, I guess the quote unquote old timers fell in love with the game, you know, the little mental stuff and the changing up time where you hold the ball and getting yeah. hitters out of rhythm and stuff. It throws people for a loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is definitely going to be interesting to me about like, how is it really going to be enforced? You know, what's the first and the, what's the very first infraction going to look like? You know, like, like you said, how much leniency is there going to be? Is there going to be like a grace period? Are they going to be like, okay, we'll give you the first couple of weeks. Then we're really going to start to enforce things. You know, I'm kind of curious about that too. You know, the, other rule change too is the is the bigger bases. I've seen it in indie ball um, last year, and they did it in the Atlantic League, I believe, two years ago. That doesn't matter really. Um, they just look like pizza boxes. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the shift, the banning, the shift is mm-hmm. like guys now. Like I'm sure Chris Davis, the former Orioles first baseman, was playing, you know, <laughs> playing now that compared to yeah. when he did three, four years ago. You're going to see a more offensive driven league and guys that, you know, I'll use Jeff McNeil as an example who won the national league batting title last year. He batted, I believe it was like three twenty something. Yeah. And that was with the shift as a lefty hitter. He worked to beat the shift. Now you're going to have guys hitting straight up. You're going to are playing straight up more often. You're going to see numbers that you're not expected that, that you haven't seen in quite some time. And, you know, the whole, can somebody bat 400 beat, you know, Ted Williams record thing, a conversation comes back. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but it's more likely than it was the last five years. You mentioned the, the bases briefly. What is the, like, what's the change and like, what was the impetus for that? So they said bigger safety uh, concerns, less collisions, things like that. I believe they made it just about three inches bigger, which, Okay. It might be minuscule to people, but you could look at the base and be like, why, why does it look so awkward on the ground? Um, it's just more of a safety thing. I know a lot of the guys like it. It gives, and it gives the fielders a bit more room to maneuver around, you know, whether it's a middle infielder making a force play or something, it's more of a safety thing than anything. And again, it's so minuscule that right. it shouldn't really come into factor like a pitch clock does. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, the rule changes, I think, definitely is number one for what people are probably going to be watching for. Um, as we kind of get into divisions, I think we're going to try to go division by division. Um, so we'll we'll start with the AL East. Uh, you know, um, feel like yeah, we can just talk about the division just in general, kind of just our thoughts for how teams. Yeah, are. I think this is another three horse race in this division where Toronto improved greatly um, really attacking their starting pitching, bringing in, 
you know, Chris Bassett, who had an excellent year with the Mets last year, you know, addressing things they needed to address. And now you get a full year with Merrifield. You get a full year with, with the team together. And you know, this team, it's going to come down to the bullpen for Toronto, right? Can the bullpen hold up and can they can they win games late? Um, they're one of those teams that are just all so young and so exciting. Um, Tampa's Tampa. There's no really – there's no real way to put it than – it's not even I'm not even saying that as like as if they're a powerhouse, but you know, Tampa finds way to win win games. And it's kind of crazy that you look at the name value and you're like, this team should win, I don't know, 70 games at at yeah. most, and they're always in the conversation to win a division, not even a wild card spot. Right. And then I mean the Yankees have been hurting with injuries. Rodon starting on the IL, Severino starting on the IL. Uh they yeah. dodged a bullet with um with Nestor Cortez, who they just had to delay when his first start of the season is. He he had to pull out of the WBC. He would have been good to have in the rotation. Um, but now he's just starting the fifth game of the season. So it's just a matter of health for the Yankees. I think you know you're gonna be surprised by Baltimore. Um, but it's gonna come down to the young guys, you know, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman. You know, guys, Grayson Rodriguez, who they're doing that whole service time manipulation thing where they send them down for two weeks to gain an extra year of of control on them. So with them bouncing back and forth, I think you could see, you know, Baltimore win 75, 80 games and not be surprised. You know, um, Boston has an uphill battle. And, you know, if, if John Henry is serious about winning with these guys, they're going to have to start looking at Heim Bloom more uh more uh critically and you know realize a lot of people were criticizing the Yoshida deal now Yoshida in my opinion shut a lot of people up in the WBC because he hit the cover off the ball but can he do that over a 162 game span mm-hmm. so it's it's in my opinion it's a three horse race can the Sox overachieve they're just short on everything pitching star power um, you know, bullpen, the back end's kind of tough, even with Kenley Jansen, because he's a big question mark with his health. You know, he has that heartbeat thing and he felt lightheaded and he was a question, he's a question mark for opening day. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a three horse race, but I do think it could be a lot tighter than that as the season progresses. Again, it it comes down to health. I've said it about three different teams now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they think again you know and as i've said on my podcast or the regular one that like a lot has to go right for the red Sox to be competitive and i think that you know i usually like to find kind of a positive spin but i think looking at the other rosters in the american league i think specifically the the top three teams yankees toronto and the rays you know can the red Sox really make inroads on that i don't really I don't really see that happening. I think just on paper, looking at what what I'm looking at, and and I mentioned looking at how at Heim Bloom crit- critically too. Right. You know, I feel like this is a make or break year for Alex Verdugo. Absolutely, I would you know, agree as well. Basically, the only lasting piece in the Mookie trade being that they DFA'd and released Jeter Downs. So, you know, this is the make or break year for Verdugo, who another guy that had a great uh, WBC. So I don't know. It, it's just that they're so 
they're just not a deep team. You know, the pitching, the the started, and they lost they lost everything that they needed. You know, their power is gone with JD um in in LA now. Avaldi went to Texas, so they're starting rotations thinner. Mm-hmm. You're kind of relying on, I mean, not to sound rude, but I think Corey Kluber being the opening day starter is hysterical. Um, who would have thought that he would have been the guy? Um, Chris Sale's a question mark. Paxton can't stay healthy. Oh. It just th- bullet after bullet is thrown at him, and they can't even get started without there becoming an issue, you know? So if, if they can figure it out and pull off a year like they did, obviously they lock up Devers. Now, now who's going to play shortstop every day? They got to figure that out. I'm a big fan of Justin Turner. I think Justin Turner's awesome. Um, that freak accident was just terrible, but I think he's a veteran leader that can be a guy that can rally this, this, this team together and has mm-hmm. been won a world series with the Dodgers three years ago and has been one of the more consistent hitters in baseball. So if you can rely on a guy like him and utilize what you brought in, they could be a surprise team, I think. But again, a lot of things have to go right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, just comes down to it with with the Red Sox specifically but yeah I mean I think Yankees Toronto Tampa Bay you take your pick about who who might win the division um you know I think with the Yankees always there's there always seems to be injuries that are a concern for them but then they always seem to you know win the division or be right near that so it's like they might be injured now I'm not necessarily concerned about them in the long run but who knows? Yeah, and and another thing with them is offensively, you're giving Anthony Volpe the first shot at shortstop. You know, you're hoping Josh Donaldson can be a third of what he was last year, which was abysmal. Um, you're running the same lineup out there, and and you're without Aaron, you're without uh, Harrison Bader for about a month, month and a half, and he was huge for them in the postseason. So, what are you gonna do? offensively when we talk about the national league east i'm going to say the same thing about the mets you can improve your pitching all you want but if you're running the same lineup out there there's going to be question marks mm-hmm. you know and, and i think that's the problem with the yankees mm-hmm. is that if if the offense doesn't click as much as it should and the pitching's there it's only going to get you so far and of course judge is back and judge is the best power hitter in baseball but it's a matter of being able to compete and a matter of being able to be consistent. And if the pitching's there and the hitting clicks, then, you know, they're forced to be reckoned with. Um, so looking ahead to the AL central. Boring um, division in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, you know, you know, teams in, uh, Detroit and Kansas City probably will not be very good. My challenge to lose a hundred games, but you know, Kansas City, I think, is one of those teams along with Baltimore that are kind of turning the corner. Okay. Um, I'm not saying they're gonna come out and win 80, you know, 95 games, but they're right. a team that have a lot of young guys that now need to take that next step. Um Vinny Pescatino, I probably d- demolished that last name, but guy was awesome for team Italy and a guy who can make a lot of contact, puts a lot of balls in play, uh, hits for power and average. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Witt jr. Who's excellent. Who's their future on the, on that left side of the infield. 
So it's a matter of of Kansas City, you know, just continuing to take those strides like you saw Baltimore did last year. Now it's about taking that next step. But I think this division's Cleveland's to lose. Um, they addressed the power needs. They brought in Josh Bell, who obliterated the Mets in the wild card series. Um, an, an excellent, yeah, he he did <laughs> an excellent power hitter who can hit for for power and average on both sides of the plate as a switch hitter. So Cleveland's good. Their pitching staff's awesome. It's just a matter of staying consistent and winning the games you should win. Like you should be beating Detroit seventy five percent of the time you play them. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I think that I would agree, Cleveland. I think top to bottom kind of has the best team in the division. You know, Detroit doesn't really have a whole lot going for them. I think just a quick look at their roster, you know, obviously Eduardo Rodriguez is still there. You know, I pay attention to him a little bit, but he was kind of in and out of the rotation for them last year. I hope, yeah, he had a bunch of heart stuff going on, mental health stuff. Right. I mean, I hope he's good. Uh, he was a fan favorite in Boston, obviously. Right. But a guy who's, when he's on, he's on, but they're just lacking power. You know, Spencer Torkelson, their number one overall pick from a couple of years ago, is struggling mightily last year. So, again, they're trying to build, and they're in a much bigger rebuild situation with their front office, but now is kind of looking to – put that first building block down like the Orioles did two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about the twins. What are, what are your thoughts about their team? So, you know, obviously the whole uh, Carlos Correa thing that went all over the place. Right. So, I mean, the twins I think are going to be good. Um, the pitching staff, pitching staff and health. Those are their two big things. Um, they, they brought in, I believe it's Pablo Lopez. Yeah. Pablo Lopez from Miami, who's very good. Um, Sonny Gray is looking to probably be their ace. They have Kenta Maeda. They have a nice mix of vets and young guys that can be talented there. Um, their bullpen, I think is, could be one of the best bullpens in baseball. Um, I really love Jorge Lopez and Johan Duran who throws a hundred mile an hour sinker, which I think is just pure absurdity. But then you go around – I mean, Christian Vasquez is there, a former sock that's solid. Um, but they traded Luis Arias, which is kind of surprising, who won the AL batting title last year, um, to give Jorge Polanco an everyday shot at second base and let him and Correa play up the middle. But, you know, you're filling your gaps with Joey Gallo. Your outfield consists of Joey Gallo, Byron Buxton, and Max Kepler. And that's a big if um, Buxton and, and Kepler can stay on the field. You know, Buxton, it seems to be he's hurt every year, and he's kind of becoming this generation's David Wright, where could be a Hall of Fame talent, just can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of talent, you know, the, the White Sox certainly have talent. Um, I was kind of curious, you know, I heard something today that the Red Sox had actually offered Andrew Benintendi a contract, um, but obviously he took it with the White Sox. I'm kind of not sure what to make of that, of that, that group. You know, the thing with the White Sox is that there's a lot of, I don't know if dark clouds is the right words, but a lot of different situations going on there Um, on paper. They're starting, you know, they're, they're starting rotations. Excellent. Giolito, 
Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, who um, I don't remember if he won the Cy Young in the American League East last in the American League last year, but he was really close to it. Um, Michael Kopech and Mike Clevenger. Clevenger had that whole domestic violence situation last year or, or this past off season. Liam Hendricks is expected to be back in June. He's battling cancer right now. Um, but they lost Jose Abreu, which I think is a very big deal. They let Andrew Vaughn slide in there and kind of become one of the, you know, the, the, the new first everyday first baseman where you're hoping that he could find the offensive um, abilities that he had in the minor leagues. But that's a big if because last year he was a bit shaky. And then, you know, Yohan Moncada's the, the Red Sox dodge a bullet with them, for lack of a better term, in my opinion. He's a strikeout machine with no plate discipline. I mean, good defensively, but just offensively, he's he's lost. And Ben Intendi, if he could do what he did, and you know, he he parlayed one, you know, three quarters of a good season because he broke his wrist and was out for the rest of the year with the Yankees. Um, three quarters of a good season into seventy eight million dollars. So, so if he could play the way he played, he adds that pop that they're missing in Abreu. But Abreu's a professional hitter. He he'll hit two eighty with. 25 home runs and 90 RBIs anywhere he goes. So uh, Tim Anderson's awesome, but it's a matter of them being able to piece it all together now. All right. So uh, you mentioned Jose Abreu. He went over to uh, the Astros. AL West probably doesn't make a lot of sense to spend too much time on uh, this division, although I think Seattle probably makes it interesting. Uh, with Houston, but I think Houston probably wins the division again. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick a surprise team out of here, it'd be the Angels. I think if Anthony Rendon can stay healthy, mm-hmm. they had a great offseason, adding pitching, adding hitting. Uh, I have, you you know, how every f- f- base sports fan has a guy that they just like watching for no reason. Absolutely. That's, that's Gio Urshela for me with the Angels. Another guy that's just a professional hitter can play anywhere in the infield if you need him to. Um, he's in LA now. I would love to see Otani and Trout play in the playoffs on the same team and not have to play against each other. Yeah. Um we all would like to see that. You know, that's what you forget is that this team has the talent, but they can never they can never figure out ways to win. They're always getting in their own way. They added started pitching, they added bullpen, they added offense. I think. Again, it's a matter of if they click, and I feel like I'm saying that like a broken record at this point. Yeah. But the Angels can be a team that, if the offense clicks and they're as deep as they are on paper, um, I think they have a good shot. And pretty cool anecdote: a guy, a kid that I know back from back home, is actually their opening day starting catcher, which is pretty cool. They got him in the Brandon Marsh trade with the Phillies, so. Selfish brag there, but and, and the Rangers, I don't know. I mean, you add Degrom, and as someone who's watched Degrom as close as I have the last nine years, it's you gave one hundred and seventy-five million dollars to a guy who made forty starts the last three years. Hmm. That's not a lot of starts for a lot of money, but when he's on, he's the best pitcher in baseball. And the Rangers keep adding and adding. They spent almost a billion dollars on two guys last year in um, in Marcus Semien and Corey Seager. I always confuse him and his brother. 
But yes, no, you're right, Corey. Seager, yeah. yeah. So they have the young guys. Uh, Adolis Garcia is very good. Um, but that bullpen is just abysmal. Mm-hmm. And health is the big factor for them. I think that's the elephant in the room there. They added Andrew Haney. John Gray really hasn't proved he could pitch he could pitch well outside of Colorado since he went there. Um they're gonna be a team to watch. They're gonna be fun, but again, health is their big deal. But they hit their peak in three years anyway when Rocker and when Kumar and and uh Jack Leiter are up uh in the bigs. So we'll see how they go, but I think it's not their year this year. And Houston is just like you said, we don't have to spend a lot of time on them. It's just year after year with them. They always find ways to add. They always find ways to improve. And you know, the World Baseball Classic struck them with Altuve out. The you know the next eight to twelve weeks. Of course, yeah. But they're gonna find somebody to st- go in there and bat two sixty while he's gone. You just know it. It's what the Astros do. Um, and again, you lose. You, you don't re-sign Yuli Gurriel, and you bring in Jose uh, Abreu, who, in my opinion, although Gurriel's an awesome hitter. Abreu's a better hitter and plays plus first base. So mm-hmm. you, they improved mightily over the offseason. Only curious thing, my, my my one thing is what they do to, you know, Fran Mir, Valdez, Christian Javier have been awesome in the rotation, but they always had, you know, Verlander to rely on the last handful of years. Curious how they are without an arm like him, and I know he's damn near 40 years old, but – Verlander's still Verlander. So, I mean, that's the only thing that you can keep an eye on. Their bullpen's lights out. Their offense is there. But, again, it's what their rotation's going to do. Their rotation carried them last year. Their rotation will carry them again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as we're, like, through the American League, in your opinion, who do you think are the six playoff teams, like division winners in that wild card? I'll go, I'll go Yankees. I'll go... Um, Guardians almost said the I word, yeah. and uh, and I'll go the Astros, and then the three um, wild card teams. I'll go the eight, no, not the Angels, the Mariners, because they're they're awesome this year. They're young. I'll go the Rays, and I'll go Toronto. Okay, um, all right. I just think that the East is too powerful not to have two two at least two wild card teams there yeah yeah i I definitely agree with that so uh, moving over national league national league east uh i also think this is going to be a very exciting division to watch this could be a whole podcast episode yeah absolutely. <laughs> both, both I, east divisions are just going to yeah. be possible this year and all teams have made questionable decisions the last three weeks um, you know, the, the Mets are without Diaz now, but they brought in Verlander and Scherzer. So that ain't bad. Uh, well, they brought in Scherzer or Verlander, I should say, and Kodai Sanga and whoever else, but Diaz is gone. The Phillies just lost Reese Hoskins for the year. Um, yeah, that's very true. Torn ACL and the Braves decided to send down their number one prospect in Vaughn Grisham, who's supposed to be the opening day second baseman. And they optioned him to start as Waldo Arcia, who batted, I believe, 230 last year. So I think those are your three playoff teams out of the East. Um, I think you have two on the on the low side, 100-win teams in that division. Um, 
with the potential of three, but Harper's out till June. Right. Hoskins is out for the year. It's right. going to be a bit of an uphill climb for them to start. But once they get healthy, they I think they'll be and and oh, they signed Trey Turner. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I think they'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of being able to stay afloat until their big guns get back, you know. Right. right. Yeah, I think um you're absolutely right. And then I think the other two teams, it's you know, Miami and Washington, which I think are, you know, probably are not gonna challenge either of these teams. Well, Washington's going to be the worst team in baseball, I think, by far. Um, Miami's going to be fun to watch, though. Good pitching. Uh, Gene Segura's there now. Luis Arias, who won the American League batting title, like I said uh, earlier, is there. Uh, Yuli Gurriel's there. All guys I talked about three minutes ago. Um, They're they're all there now. Um, Just now, what's life like without Don Mattingly as the manager? Um, I think that could always spark a team when you kind of bring in a new fresh manager. I believe they brought in Skip Schumacher, who I, I could be wrong, but revered around coaching circles is like a positional, not positional, but like assistant coach. Um, so we'll see about them. They're another team that has a mix of top prospects and talent that they need to just put it together now. That's that. That's the goal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you said – Three, do you think three teams are coming out of the division into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean the Mets almost spent a billion dollars this offseason. Yeah, and and, and kind of and, have to make the playoffs. You cut, yeah, and again, but it goes back to what we were talking about: the Yankees. Can their offense, that is mm-hmm. essentially the same thing, minus a new catcher, um, be the be talented enough to contribute and? Yeah. You know, that you bring Nimmo back for eight years, which I thought was excellent. But now you got to be able to say, okay, what's next? And the, and the trade deadline was kind of a dud. You know, they brought in Darren Ruff, who they cut. Uh, Vogelbach's going to be their DH, which is fine. The sh- He's another guy with the shift is going to help him immensely. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely think the three guys are coming out of there. In the central um... – you know, I think you got St. Louis and Milwaukee and then kind of everyone else. Yeah, Chicago improved, though, bringing in Dansby Swanson, uh, bringing in uh, Trey Mancini, you know, guys that are going to be good, running in uh, Jameson Tyon as well, but I agree. I think it's the Cardinals that take the division. Um, if, If the Brewers start losing early, you're going to see them blow the team up. Corbin Burns is unhappy. Um, bad taste in their mouth with the arbitrated stuff. Yes. So we'll see what happens, but I definitely think that's that's going to be a one postseason team. One post, yeah. That that sentence made sense. One team in the postseason, and it's going to be St. Louis. I think Wilson Contreras is going to pay dividends for them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that um, arbitration stuff was really messy. That's and it was over like half a million dollars. Yeah, which was like wild to yeah. read about yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, I think I would probably agree. So St. Louis out of the Central. And then you got the West. Uh, Padres and Dodgers are going to, you know, beat each other up throughout the season. Yeah, this is the first year you look at it and go, are the Dodgers the favorite? Um which on paper right now, technically, yeah, but 
I think it's the it's the Padres that yeah. you know take the division ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to their window is 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 closing as we speak because you know you have a big question mark in Tatis. Uh, Bogarts only has so many years. I could be more candid about him now that he's not a Red Sox. Um, Juan Soto needs to be re-signed. You know, there's guys that, yeah, they're built to win now, but you know, they just paid you Darvish till he's 44. You know, they made some questionable decisions. They're trying to they're trying to start bullpen guys as as starters. So, you know, I, I do think they're the favorite, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're if they don't win the division. Um, but like you said, I think it's a two pony race. Um, the Diamondbacks are going to be miserable. Um, although they do have some young talent, that I think have the ability to be good. Um, and then the Giants are just another big question mark. Can they put things together? They struck out a lot. They had a nice, nice offseason bringing in Hanniger and Conforto, but they struck out on on Correa that whole thing, Arson Judge, you know, all those guys where they're they're just they are have a little PTSD, I guess could be the term. So I think you would say it's probably a little more clear cut in the National League about who we think the playoff teams are going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the only surprise per se could be a team out west struggles late, and then the Cubs just figure it out and and they're the last they're the sixth seed or the last wild card team uh, yeah that was going to be my next question is if one of these teams doesn't make it who would make it yeah i think i think it's the cubbies um their young guys are clicking they added and and didn't have to spend a, a boatload outside of dansby um okay. which in reality compared to what the rest of the shortstop scott was the cheapest shortstop mm-hmm. so you know i think the cubs have the talent have the ability to win and uh, but it's just about being able to mix the old and the new together and see how that works. If it's oil and vinegar, or if they work well together, you know. Yeah. So, who do you, who do you, what, uh, what's your World Series matchup, and uh, who do you think uh, takes it home? Oh boy, <laughs> put it um, on the spot there. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. I have to be a homer, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I'll go with the Mets. Um and I think out of the American League. Let's spice it up. I think it'll be Cleveland. Just to spice it up. Just to spice it up. Just like to spice that. it up. Or Toronto. No, let's go Toronto. I'll go Toronto. Right. Um right. and the Mets and, and the Mets sweep them. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I don't think I can put a finger on a World Series matchup at this. No, point. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Probably unfair to put you in that spot, but hey, you know what? It's uh it's an exciting time, man. It's uh, great that opening day is you know finally here, and when you know you folks listen to this, we'll be a game or two into the season. So yeah, when you listen to this, it'll be the. Uh... I don't know. I call it the blackout day where it's like yeah. the day that if you get rained out, that's your opening day yeah. um, on Friday. So I'm going to be excited, man. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, well, Eric, it's uh, always great having you here and uh, talking baseball and looking forward to, to watching it and 
you know, having you on at some point in the middle of the year. Shameless plug. Follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore belly 21. Uh, I don't believe there's a 21 in there. Actually, there is a 21 in there. Um, I'm writing for the Apple now, which is an excellent, awesome uh, Mets website where I'm covering all things. We're doing a, a round table together after opening day tomorrow night. So it'll be good audio and then uh, written stuff. So I'll be there. Find me. I'll interact with you. I have some fun on there. Shoot me a, shoot me a follow and we'll talk. All right. All right, folks. We'll uh, catch you uh, on the flip side. See you next week.